me, Tony, Andrew Collins. Sotterboxy. Oh, thank goodness, I like him more than Richard Herring. This show's miles better now, Tony, Andrew Collins presents it. All right, come on now, be quiet, you people saying those things. <laughs> Modesty prevents me from saying that you are right. Aside, no, it doesn't. I am the greatest human being who has ever lived. And I am including Jesus. Welcome to AI Octak! AI Octak! As regular listeners will know, I am now presenting this show as Richard Herring is taking paternity leave to care for the baby he has had with my mother, <laughs> Tiny Mrs. Collins, and I, a previously fictional character parodying the broadcaster Andrew Collins, have gained self-awareness, become separate entity, taken physical form, and now exist in the real world. If you're listening for the first time, this might not be the easiest one to start with. Um, <laughs> So, anyway, now it's time for me to tell you all the things that have occurred to me this week. Hold now, it right there, oh. tiny Andrew Collins. Stop trying to do stand-up. Oh. You're no good at it. I am not taking any more of your shit. Give me my show back. Oh, Richard, how lovely to see you. Aside, how horrible to see you. <laughs> what are you doing here? You should be looking after your baby. I have brought the baby with me. <laughs> oh, 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 it's my step-sibling. Is it, is it a boy or a girl? It's impossible to tell at this time. <laughs> like all Northampton children, this baby has been born with what most closely resembles a cloaca. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the posterior opening that serves as the intestinal, reproductive and urinary tracts of birds, reptiles and amphibians. That's right. Just one orifice for all those jobs. That is very efficient. It's Northampton efficiency. Yeah. It means that in Northamptonshire, if you're having sex, you're always having anal. Sweet. That is, that is one of the benefits, yes. Uh, uh, no, actually, Richard, I've got a joke about the cloaca. And Richard, I'm doing stand-up now, as, yeah, yeah. as you know, like, like you. I'm not as good as you, obviously. Aside, I am. I'm vastly superior. You are shit. I can still hear you when you what? just say your side. It's oh. not. I'm like the Vincent Van Gogh of sound. That is a Doctor Who joke there. Thought, thought it would go down better than it did, but it's surprising with this audience. Hey. <laughs> Here is my joke. <clears throat> Where does a bird, reptile, or amphibian leave its intestinal, reproductive, and urinary tract orifice when it goes to a nightclub? Well, I don't suppose it leaves it anywhere, would it? It needs it to exist. It'd be still in its posterior. Yeah, no, you're ruining the joke. No, come on. <laughs> They would leave them in the cloaca room. Cloaca, cloaca room, yeah, yeah, cloaca room, yeah. I oh, know. Oh, I think at least half a tick for that. Applaud that. Quarter of a tick. Anyway, take your lizard spawn home and let me present. Hey, I attack. Don't join. No, don't join in with that. Don't that's not the You don't have to. That's not the proper one. Don't do that. I would go home with my child if I had one. You do have one. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Mewling and puking in its swaddling bands. Take it away from me, it disgusts me! I would take it away if it were my child, Andrew. I would love it and care for it and suckle it on my barren dugs. <laughs> I'd, I'd give up my career for it, but it's not my baby, is it? Yes, it is. Aside, I think he might have suspected the truth. I have suspected the truth. Those suspicions were raised. Those suspicions were raised when you said that the gestation period of my child would be one week rather than the traditional nine months. Could you and your mother be playing me for a fool the same way that Mary tricked gullible Joseph into thinking she was a pregnant virgin? 
what if your mother was already with child and conned me into making love to her so that she could pass off this child as my own? <laughs> That's so funny. It could be a sketch dreamed up by BAFTA award-winning Armstrong and Miller. <laughs> writers. <laughs> that could never happen. Aside, oh no, that is exactly what happened. I... I trusted you, Tiny Andrew, but this week me and your mum went on to the Jeremy Kyle Show. It's the Jeremy Kyle Show. Welcome back to the Jeremy Kyle Show. I'm Jeremy Kyle, a hideous cancer on the face of humanity. (laughs) (laughs) Sucking what dregs of civilization remain into a vortex of evil and then spunking them up on it. A a strange, briny, tar-like jism of evil, but... You're still watching this, which makes you at least partially responsible for the death of humanity. I'm with tiny Mrs. Collins, who claims she's been impregnated by her son's colleague, Richard Herring here. Boo. Boo. What are you, an animal? I hate you. Why didn't you use a condom, you fucking idiot? Well, because I'm a human being and oh. thus make mistakes. Oh. You'd, you'd think you'd be less surprised oh. and angry about things like this after all the years of having to deal with them. It's all, almost like you're pretending to be cross. Oh, and poor Mrs. Innocent Collings. Hold, hold on, I'm just trying to arrange my face into an expression of what I imagine is sympathy, but would actually read as hatred and disdain. <laughs> so, tiny Mrs. Collings, you are certain the baby is Richard Herrings? Yes, I am, Jeremy Kyle. 100% certain, aside, I am not. I am 100% certain it isn't his. What was that? 100% certain it is his. And yet you say it's not your child, don't you, Richard, you despicable cunt? <laughs> How dare you, of all people in the world, pass judgement on anyone else, Kyle? Believe me, I wish I was dead. Well, let's see what the DNA results say. The DNA tests show that Richard Herring... Is it appropriate to leave a dramatic pause here, Jeremy? The the result you're about to read out will have a massive impact on the lives of all of us here, not least this tiny sleeping baby. Isn't trying to milk this crucial result for some show business tension morally reprehensible? No. The DNA tests... The DNA tests... I read it every day on my show. I so the DNA tests. Show Just that, three letters. I, can't I know, but how can you? On my planet, they mean something else. The DNA tests show that Richard Herring. Oh, just say what it is. Is not the father of the child. Justice. Yes. I'm free. I love you, Jeremy Kyle. In your face, tiny Mrs. Collins. Yeah, my duplicity has been revealed. That was the Jeremy Kyle show. Yep, that's, that's the theme tune of that show. So, so you were lying, tiny Andrew Collins. I am sorry. Aside, yeah, you're I... not sorry. Yes, we all get that. I wish I'd never created you. You know, this stupid listeners, this program, and these idiots here love you. They think you're brilliant, but you're not. You're just a man with a stupid voice saying aside over and over again. I'm not aside. I am. <laughs> You need me, Herring. I'm the most popular thing on this show. You are unnecessary now. You don't want to face the truth. You are my Andrew Collings. I am not. I'm 
look, you've created enough trouble for me already. All that stuff that happened last week upset the real Andrew Collins, especially the bits about his mum, which admittedly I said, but still, it's your fault. Yeah, well, Andrew Collins is a fucking idiot. <laughs> does he not realise... Does he not realise that I am no longer him? Sure, yeah, no. Oh, yeah, fair enough, no. I started as a parody of him, but now I've become a separate entity. And my voice goes all over the place. A person in my own right. I am not him! And thus my mother is not his mother. Thus he has no right to be upset. Yeah, you can understand why he's a bit confused about it, though, to be fair. And now I'm worried... Now what I'm really worried about, now this has all come out, is that you're about to tell me that you, tiny Andrew Collins, artificially inseminated your own mother. That is... Yeah, I did, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I could frame you and take over your show while you're on paternity leave. Oh, my God, that is much worse than anything we said last <laughs> week. <laughs> kind of th- no, that kind of thing's quite normal in Northampton. No, no. Anyway, no, come on, I used a turkey baster, oh. you know. While she was asleep, I'm not oh. weird! No! You're really not helping. Any- anyway, it doesn't matter. I am no longer a father and so can take back my show. Ironically, for once, it's you, Collins, who must take paternity leave. Ah. Get out of here, tiny ah. Andrew Collins, and take your hideous spawn with you. I will. Together, we represent the horror of the popular comedic creation. How to begin with it bows before its creator, but slowly usurps him, then spirals out of control, destroying all in its path, ruining his life and his friendships, and eventually killing him. I have been known by many names in many times. Some call me garlic bread. <laughs> Others call me yeah, but no buts. A tiny minority called me moon on a stick. But not for very long. And now you see me in full monstrous physical form. This is actually quite, this is verging on being quite clever and theatrical. Yeah, no, right? I, know, I, know, I, know. I like it. And now I have a son to assist me and carry on my work. I should call him Tiny, Tiny Andrew Collins. I love you, Dada. Besides, I don't. I think you're a prick. I love you too, Tiny, Tiny Andrew Collins. Aside, I really do love you. More than life itself. I will do anything for you, my beautiful, gorgeous little boy. Yeah, the, um... The audience there showing sympathy there for incest and what is essentially mother rape. So, uh, well, I'm glad. Glad you enjoyed that. Well, hopefully that is the last we will see of the tiny Andrew Collingses and tiny Mrs Collings. Now it's time to get on with the real show. Can we uh, just wipe the tape, do you think, Ben, and start start again? Yeah. Yeah, great. Make make sure you wipe it, because if that actually goes out on the internet, I don't think Andrew Collins will ever actually work with me again, so do do make sure it goes. It could have been worse though, you know, could have a naughty dog could have been the father. I could have been saying his mum has had sex with a dog. I mean I think that would be a worse. So do make sure that all that's wiped and let's let's start again. And please welcome the man it's all occurred to Richard Herring. This is, this is the start of the show. Oh yeah, there's really no need to say that. Obviously, it is. Hello and welcome to another episode of AI Ottoman. Yeah. 
is the internet stand-up and sketch show that rather like a dull episode of 24 I started writing at 10pm last night and which will all be done and dusted by 10pm tonight. Uh, I did spend the first two hours of that ironically watching the last two episodes of 24 which at least made quite an exciting start to my version uh, but I'm not sure viewers would have stuck through me for the next six hours which involved me tossing and turning in bed, snoring, farting, whimpering because I'd written nothing for the show and occasionally shouting I just want to win a BAFTA please let me have a BAFTA why can't I have a BAFTA even Anton Deck have got one now uh, the show is unedited because we don't want to patronise you the viewer and the listener and insult your intelligence by taking anything out also we're too lazy to be bothered to do it uh, everything stays in uh, apart from the stuff at the beginning about tiny Andrew Collins and his mum you will never hear that and please welcome my aged performing dogs who I've beaten with a stick until they have learned to shakily dance along at my command but even so will never win Britain's Got Talent however much they want to please me their slightly peculiar bachelor co-star and master who has nothing in his sad life apart from them it's TV's Emma Kennedy Dan Tetzel and Christian Riley hello good evening hello. Good evening. Hi, Dan. Anything uh, can I see? Have anything occurred to you? Yeah, well, it's kind of uh, AI Automa related things happened to me. AI Automa related things to happen to me. Uh, I got, uh, someone sent me £10 in the post, uh, care of this theatre, uh, with a post it note saying for Tiny Andrew Collings on it, uh, with no other information on it. It was, a, <laughs> it was a Scottish pound note, so I'm assuming they're Scottish. Uh, I don't know what the exchange rate is on that, so I don't know that. I'll carry on. Um, so that's very generous of whoever that was. I will do nothing in return. Should have put a note inside and then I've done anything. Um, and also, simply not enough money. You are, are you touting for more money? Touting for more yeah. money. Ten, no, it's going to go to a good charity. And uh, yeah, I, the man whose face has stolen my face on the free advert. Yeah got in contact with me. He's called Brendan, he seems nice. Oh, you should get together. Yeah, we should do a double act. The two Dan Tetzels. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's shorter than me, by that the way. That is okay. scary. The much thing. shorter than you. He says he's much shorter than me, so that's... That makes him... Uh, How does he know? Does he... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. He's been following you around, learning your face. How you turned yeah. to put... No, good on him, no, it's fine. Hello, Emma Kennedy, TV's Emma Kennedy. What about anything occurred to you? Well, I was watching um, Junior Apprentice this week. Did anyone hear? Yes. Yes, I'm fans. And it it slightly terrified me. It's as popular as Pick Me Up magazine here. (laughs) It it slightly terrified me about how capable they are uh, as teenagers because when I was 17, uh, I was riding around on a bicycle pretending it was a horse. (laughs) And actually, worse than that, I can remember age 17. Um, uh, walking around a top hockey pitch with Joanne Paul because we'd heard that Leah Pickup had done a blowjob. And we didn't have the first fucking clue what one was or how you did it. And after a lengthy, really involved discussion, I came to the conclusion that you had to blow down a man's penis like a trumpet. So it's a bit like that. So, I, so anyway, so I was tweeting about this on Twitter. Works for me. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's the sound of, of intense sexual pleasure. And um, I, I, I tweeted about this on Twitter. If, if you want to follow me, I'm MK67. And, um, and, and, it, and it sort of generated into this fantastic conversation on Twitter in which people, it sort of mutated about sort of things people had believed when they were children. 
Uh, and, and it mutated into things that, that people's parents had told them when they were children that they had absolutely, fundamentally believed. And I'm going to read out for oh, you them. So, very funny. so uh, a girl called, uh, someone called Dawn Carty said, my mum told me that the telly didn't work during the day through the summer holidays. <laughs> Genius. Uh, Phil Jones the first said, post Jaws, saw basking shark in Cornwall, scared. Dad told us not to worry. They only eat red Leicester cheese. <laughs> Which I so wish was true, <laughs> you? But my best one by a mile was by Uncle Rupert. Actually, quite a few people did this one. When the ice cream man plays music, it means he's run out of ice cream. <laughs> Is Leah pick up the, the girl's real name? Yeah. Yeah, probably her teenage children are now listening to this big fan. I don't think she, she's got any. Fine. Your mum is a whore. We used that to call, is what? <laughs> we used to call her Pia Lickup <laughs> at school. Bit, bit unfair. But that's not as bad uh, as Carrie Hunt. <laughs> absolutely true. I didn't get the joke until it was halfway through a geography lesson and I was in the fifth form and I suddenly realised how funny it was that she was called Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Hunt. That is unbelievable. <laughs> to, the extent to the extent it's just obviously not true. Uh, Christian, anything, it's always a risk. Christian, it could be beautiful, it could be terrible. Has anything occurred to you this week? Just that I've, I've had three hours sleep. Oh, cool. You've been in there. Welcome to the club. I've over in Ireland doing a, a festival <laughs> and, uh, you know... A, it was uh, it was rocking cool and uh, we uh, there's a there's quite a famous comedian in Ireland called Des Bishop you know, oh yeah Des is like American Irish guy he sang a song without band it's that Rage Against the Machine one uh, killing in the name of <laughs> and it was just one of these beautiful sights you got a few hundred people just jumping up and down going fuck you I won't do what you tell me <laughs> on command <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get this lot doing it later so um <laughs> Let's have a look at some of the things that have occurred to me this week. Saturday. After last week's Coffee Soap Collins and Heron 6 music uh, show debacle, where I nearly destroyed the BBC by saying piss, uh, I got through a full three hours without saying a single swear word, uh, though I did manage to say clack-a-lack-a-dack-dack on air with, yeah, with no repercussions. That's right, BBC. I essentially said cunty-cunty-cunt-cunt. <laughs> live on Six Music and walked away scot-free, none of you even knew, and I see no way you could ever find out. Saturday. I caught the last five minutes of the final of Britain's Got Talent to discover that some strange orange people were the most talented in our land. From what I've seen of this in the previous series, it seems all you have to do to win this show is to repel a small child dangerously high up into the air. Though possibly it's also important to learn how to catch them too. Though surely less entertaining. Come on, I... Much better if they fell. I intend to take part next year, so if any listeners have any children they don't want for me to practice on, then please do send them down to the Leicester Square Theatre, maybe with a, a Scottish £10 note attached to them. But I, do, I have to warn you, do have, you have some spares at home because I might break them. Not like that. <laughs> Sunday. Um, I was, uh, I was uh, following uh, the BAFTA Awards uh, on, on Twitter and then, and, and then I got home and watched it on TV, uh, a little bit of it as well. And uh, I realised um, that three quarters of the, uh, of the main team behind the seminal 1992 radio show Lionel Nimrod's Inexplicable World had been, uh, had been nominated for a BAFTA this year. Just one person from that show. <laughs> 
not nominated. But it was at least a delight to see that Stuart Lee didn't win his. I, ma I managed to see that both on Twitter and then, again, I watched it live, uh, as live on TV. Yeah, take that, Leo. Yeah, you loser. That was much funnier when I ad-libbed it in uh, rehearsals. I wanted to do the, um, the Hay Festival joke there, but I couldn't. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm delighted. No, I'm not delighted that he lost. I'm delighted. It's very good that he got. No, it's, it's good. It's good to know he's a loser as well. Hey, come on. It's even people. I felt like it's a slap in the face. Even people associated with me aren't allowed to win awards. That's how bad it's got. Take over, Christian. Cover for me. As it occurs to me, ill-informed, insulting, and infantile. That's uh, it's true. That's this week's one-star iTunes review. That came from Best Bees. Uh, it maybe has the best bees. I don't know. And you know what I think? I think Best Bees has summed up the show perfectly. There, it's ill-informed, insulting, and infantile. That's that. It's impossible to tell nowadays if these are genuine reviews or just people trying to get their words turned into a sting by Christian Riley. But I genuinely like that one so much. I'm using it as a quote on the advert for the Edinburgh version of this show. Uh, that's right. There's going to be a special Edinburgh AI Ottoma. On August the 17th at 2pm at the Assembly Rooms. Tickets go on sale on the 10th of June. It's only one show, so do book early. You can look out for Christ on a Bike show as well and Collins and Herring podcasts we're doing. If you're really desperate, Andrew Collins is trying out some of his legendary stand-up there too. His show is actually free to attend. Uh, I still feel he might have priced himself out of the market. Thursday. The Curse of the Golden Girls struck again as the third actress in as many years uh, from that series died. It was Estelle Getty, uh, went in 2008, Beatrice Arthur in 2009, and now Rue McClacken, uh, uh, Blanche, uh, she was called, snuffs it in 2010. One a year. Some observers on Twitter commented that Betty White will be shitting it in 2011. <laughs> I think they're missing the bigger picture there, though. Although, although Betty White can be 100% sure she will kick the bucket next year, that is simple mathematics, you can't argue argue against that that's definitely going to happen this actually means that she's guaranteed not to die in 2010 she betty white has seven months of captain scarlet style immortality i hope she uses that wisely oh my baby my baby's in the building oh please save her officer sorry man it's just too dangerous no one can go in there hang on who's that white-haired lady going into the building what it can't be it it looks a bit like the naive and literal one off of the Golden Goyles. She'll be pointed to death. No, look! The flames are repelled by oh. her, like she's some kind of living god. Oh, she's rescued my baby. Oh, thanks so much to that dead one from Golden Goyles. <laughs> you know, she could help out in a lot of ways and lots of problems. Now look at the oil spill, still just gushing out of that broken pipe. I, I, I can't see any way we can stop it. Look through the periscope, Captain. Something's swimming as well as a rift. Interesting choice. Uh, let me see. It's, it's why it's, it's Betty White from Dennis the Menace. I forgot what voice I'm doing now. Oh, it's Betty White from Dennis the Menace Strikes Again. I love that movie. How can she be there? She has no breathing equipment and the pressure down here. She'll turn her inside out. Any of that. Look, she's sticking her large old woman's ass into the fuse fissure. <laughs> She stopped the leak. Look at her. Yeah, well done. Thank you for being friends. Look at her waving at us happily like a wrinkly, disgusting mermaid. 
Yeah, good. So uh, don't don't worry about uh, Sorry, no, don't worry about the script. Just do some stupid voices and fuck it up if you want. Or uh, Petty White. It's funnier, you know, if you just do the stupid voice. I would never do a stupid voice to get a laugh. Anyway, she uh, she she might just have some fun with it. Hi, it's me, Betty White. For my next stunt, I'm gonna fly this space shuttle right into the heart of the sun. Don't do it, Betty. You'll be killed. <laughs> Will I? Surviving cast members of much loved sitcoms are launched into the heart of the sun. Next week, Clive Dunn. <laughs> I, uh, I like to think that actors in all sitcom, sitcoms are taking part in a tontine, uh, which I'm sure you're aware of what that is, uh, but it's where everyone puts money into a fund which we paid out to the final surviving member. Uh, so Betty White would win in this case. Ian Lavender must have thought he was a cert to win the Dad's Army one until he realised that Clive Dunn was only pretending to be old. Oh, stupid boy Ian. Saturday. A weekless of groundless speculation as to why Derek Bird might have gone in his rampage in Cumbria this week came to a head with the front page of The Sun, uh, showing a picture of Bird looking happy at his son's wedding with the comment... A cheery Derek Bird smiles at his son's wedding and gives no hint of his violent Thai hooker obsession, which led to his Cumbria murder spree. Are the son really saying that Bird should not have been so audacious as to smile in his son's wedding photos? Because at some point in the future, unbeknownst to him, he would commit murder. And, and are they genuinely criticising for giving him for giving no hint of the Thai hooker obsession that they claim is responsible for his crimes? Would it have been appropriate for Bird to use the forum of his son's wedding to reveal his Thai hooker obsession? Or did he probably feel it was something probably best kept hidden for the moment out of politeness? And if he had felt it necessary to give a hint of his violent Thai hooker obsession in his son's wedding photo, how was he supposed to do that exactly? What, what would the hint have been? Would the, would the son have respected him more if he'd held up a sign saying, I have a violent Thai hooker obsession which might or might not lead to a murder spree? Uh, perhaps he should have hired a Thai hooker to come to the wedding with him. And then when he had come to have the photos, he could have pulled some jokey poses like he was pretending he was about to punch her or strangle her and maybe one with a gun slung over his shoulder and him thinking wistfully to give an indication of his murderous intentions that he almost certainly didn't have at the time with an arrow pointing at her saying this is the fault of the Thai hooker I, I think that would have been more honest of him if he had done that in my opinion going to a wedding and smiling in a photo and failing to give even a hint of his violent Thai hooker obsession was the worst thing that Bird ever did in his whole life 
we'll probably never know Bird's motivation for carrying out this crime, but I'm not sure how helpful it is for people to try and guess what it might have been. Yeah, it might have been his Thai hooker obsession that led to him killing 12 people. It might be down as Peter Hitchens moronically claims to antidepressants, even though there is actually no evidence that Bird was taking them. Uh, a naughty dog might have told Bird to do it. <laughs> like in the genuine case of the son of Sam. That is what happened. We don't know. Most journalists and politicians seem to be trying to, to, divide, to divert attention away from the fact it wouldn't have happened if Bird hadn't had the guns. That's all that matters. We should be asking why a taxi driver would need a shotgun and a rifle. Obviously, all taxi drivers need one firearm, just in case Leslie Grantham gets in the back of their cab. But... <laughs> Apart from just one gun, one bullet, that's all they need. Most people don't need guns. Guns don't kill people. People with guns kill people. People without guns don't kill people. And we should make them harder to own. If you want to shoot guns for leisure purposes, then buy Red Dead Redemption or go and play on Laser Quest, you twats. Friday. For the second time in two days, a cold calling company working on behalf of 3Mobile rang me up trying to poach me from my O2 contract. Uh, if it wasn't bad, bad enough, then uh, steal in your face for those adverts, hey, Dan. Uh, I told them the first time I wasn't interested, but they didn't stop them trying like annoying mercenary Robert the Bruces. Uh, but ringing me again just got me more annoyed, and I was fed up with them hassling me, and they stupidly hadn't withheld their number when they rang me, so I decided to turn the tables on them. I tweeted my 26,000 followers on Twitter. Is that right? I've got 26,000 followers. How many have you got? About three. Uh, <laughs> giving them the number and asking them to ring up and try and persuade the cold callers to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, and my followers didn't let me down. I have to say, it went into a bit of a meltdown. Uh, it seems their tweets that most, it seems from the tweets I got that most of them got through to a man called Gareth. Hello, three mobile Gareth speaking. How can I help you? Um, I was just wondering if you fancied subscribing to the AI Ultima, AI Ultima podcast. Sorry, I don't know what. Uh... Yeah, it's a brilliant free podcast by Richard Herring, and you can download it from iTunes or the British Comedy Guide. And... Yeah, so, sorry, sorry, I'm not interested. Okay, that was weird. Hello, three mobile Gareth speaking. How can I help you? Hello, Gareth. I was wondering, is Daniel here? I was wondering if you're interested in changing your podcast provider. Because if so, can I recommend Richard Herring? I, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Hello, three mobile Gareth speaking. Uh, yes, can I talk to you about the Collins and Herring podcast? Um, if you subscribe to it for free, then you can get the As It Occurs To Me podcast for free as well. Are you being paid to do this? Uh, Gareth was obviously bamboozled and overwhelmed by these hundreds of responses. Other responses from Gareth were... Jesus, get a life. And... I already download all my podcasts from Radio 1. I don't have time for any more. And... Oh, fuck off and stop wasting my time. <laughs> Good customer service there. Uh, I couldn't quite believe what I'd started uh, and I, I did feel a bit sorry for Gareth and his mates because I know how annoying it can be when you're constantly interrupted by unsolicited phone calls when you're trying to work. Uh, hopefully it might show them if someone rings you up offering something you've already rejected then it probably makes you less inclined to take them up on it uh, rather than more. Hopefully they got there. Anyway, having said that, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Gareth is listening in this week. Uh, if so, uh, hello Gareth and your mates uh, down there in Wales. Uh, 
No, uh, by the way, I don't want to switch providers. Thanks for asking. Please don't hunt me down and kill me for what I've done. Uh, I think they've probably suffered enough, so I won't give the number out again. If you really want to find it, it's on my Twitter feed at Herring1967. But, of course, this is a childish way to behave. But if everyone, if anyone cold calls you in the future, seriously, I think we can start a revolution here. Why not do a pitch for this podcast uh, and just make it go on as long as you can, as boring as possible? We say, I'm not going to let you tell me about your offer until you've listened to mine. My guess is that they'll hang up, but A, we can publicise the podcast, and B, we might actually be able to stop these people do this, uh, doing this. Fight twattishness with twattishness. That is my <laughs> advice. And if that doesn't work, fight twattishness with fire. Um, to be honest, uh, to be honest, you should fight most things with fire. If you're the only thing you probably shouldn't fight with fire is fire. <laughs> so if you want to follow me on Twitter, Erring1967, please join in with that. As it occurs, as it occurs, as it occurs, as it occurs to me An invaluable study aid for doctors Researching the gradual regression into mental illness Maybe he's crazy Perhaps I am. It's hard for me to tell. Right, it's time to go to our audience to see what has occurred to them, to the kind and also insane patrons in this audience this week. Is anyone straight up over there? This gentleman with a beard. What's, what's happened to you, sir? Uh, I was in Southwick Tube Station on the phone. You're on Southwick Tube Station on the phone. And there was a, a man with white gloves on who yeah. came up with a canvas painting. It was a really beautiful canvas painting. Let me, let me transfer this across to the people at home. A man came up to you with white gloves on with a canvas painting. It was a beautiful canvas painting. And he looked very confused. And yeah. I tried to take a photo of the painting. Yeah, you tried to take a photo of the painting, this confused man. No, 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 no. He went, no, 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 no. He ran away. <laughs> it's quite exciting. What was, what was the painting of? It was just, it was various colours. And it was like a modern art piece. Wow, that's weird. <laughs> and the punchline? Uh, so, uh, <laughs> very, thank you, Jack. Hey, it's good when I know people's names. So, uh, hello, sir. I'm a bit worried about you. You look very angular. If I still had the Hitler moustache, it would be a problem. What's your name, sir? Steve. Steve, nice to meet you. Steve, what's happened to you this week? Um, it occurred to me just this afternoon that the comedian Richard Herring has defended me from Facebook. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> This is the question. From Facebook? Well, I don't know, because ah, the reason for that is I've closed down my Facebook page. So it's not that I've defended everyone. Talk about fucking paranoid mentalists. <laughs> if it was Twitter, it's just because you called me a cunt. Uh, today, someone drew my attention and said, look at Wikipedia. Someone's put something on your, new on your Wikipedia page. By the time I got there, it was gone. I looked at the history and said, uh, in my career, it said, Richard Herring is a cunt. He is the biggest cunt that has ever lived. <laughs> And uh, is that as part of my career? Which is good to be best at something. I am a bit of a cunt, to be honest. So it's nice to... But I, I blocked that guy because I think he probably put that on Wikipedia. So I'm sorry. And I, I do have another Facebook page, but it's only for my actual friends. <laughs> and I've got 26,000 actual friends on Twitter. They're my actual real friends. Anyone else uh, offended by something I've done? Yeah, uh, yes, sir. Oh. Um, I, I was supposed to be here um, last week and meet my mate, and, yeah. I, and I forgot. So I that's pretty good. That's a good. That's better than Jack's story. So we're not going. Well. So I came out alone tonight as yeah. like penance. Can you say sorry, John, about that, mate? What to you, John? No, I'm Paul. He's John. Oh, he's John. You're not from the Beatles, are you? From the <laughs> looking at you, it's about 1968. 
<laughs> he's got a moustache and everything. He's got the whole thing. Uh, you're a cunt, John. Is that what you're, is that what you're after? Why are you down with Paul? He's had to sit next to the weird bald man and a strange bloke who looks like the monster from Carry On Screaming. So he's... Uh... <laughs> He's about eight feet tall, I'm guessing. I'm down the same behind him. I'm fucking terrified of this audience. If I'm not, if I'm generally not dead in a cellar by the end of this series, I will be amazed. I will actually be amazed. Uh, we'll go for another one, oh, why not? Right, back at the back there, yeah. I can't even see if you're a man or a woman. But you're pro my guess is you're a man. Let's go crazy. Um, I've got two things slightly Two things that are connected, yes. You've got alopecia, some kind of alopecia. It's not on your head, though, is it? So where is this kind of... It is on my head. It is? It's called alopecia areata. Alopecia areata. The people behind me will confirm I've got a slightly two-piece-sized... Two-piece-sized ball patch. Two-piece-sized ball pack at the back. That just happens, the ball patch. I don't think that's... I think that's just being old, isn't it? That happens. You've been disconnected from something. You feel like you've been disconnected from something. People at home, if I just send help, if I check, if I just check if I've got home last night, I'll tweet if I get home. If I don't tweet when I get home, if I'm feeling the whole audience are serial killers who've just they've come together to get me, don't. I'm, so none of them can hear this. I'm talking to you from behind my script. This is a literal aside. Uh, <laughs> so, what's the young? Um, What's the second? No, do keep your hand up. What's the second thing that's happened to you? Um, a bald man in the bar pushed in front of me. I'm worried it might turn him into him. Oh, uh, <laughs> a bald man in the bar pushed in front of him. He's worried it might turn him into him. This uh, this hair falling. He's a massive cunt. Well, if we are playing Guess Who uh, with this audience, <laughs> we had to. There's still quite a lot. There's still quite a lot of potential men it could be. We need more than bald. It was this man. They don't have that in Guess Who, do they? They don't have loads of people pointing at the bloke. What's, what's your name, sir? Why do you think you had the right to push in front of a bloke with alopecia areata? Did you not know he was suffering from a... He's got a two-piece... You must fucking hate him. He's got just a two-piece ball spot. You haven't even got two-piece worth of hair there, mate. You've got the advanced stage, yeah. Yeah, sharp, mate. Look at this. Look at this. Woo, beautiful. Oh, it gets in the way sometimes, this hair. It's so annoying. Uh, nearly 43. Uh, well, uh, this is working well. Let's go for one more and then we'll ask. Uh, oh, okay, sir. Hello. Nice shirt. Hello, sir. Um, I particularly enjoyed after Simon Cowell was given two factors for some reason. His sour fucking face when he didn't win the third. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoyed Simon Cowell being annoyed he didn't win a third. He got one just for being, uh, just they made one up, especially for him as well. <laughs> so uh, thank you, sir. That's a very good observation. Uh, and we'll go to uh, Dan Tetzel. Do you have an, a, a second story? Uh, I saw a very uncomfortable uh, meal. I was having lunch in a restaurant on Wardour Street and there was a man who was meeting up with an ex-girlfriend was obviously groveling uh, to get back with her. And she's going, well, if you want to get back to me, with me, you do not do the things I told you not to do. And he said, I just, I'm just staggering around in the dark like I'm, I'm Stephen Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. A rare return to form for Dan Tessel there. 
was him. That wasn't Tiny Andrew Collins. That was actually him. In the same vein of people getting words slightly wrong, uh, I saw my mother this week, and she went, "So, how's the pin pod?" <laughs> I went, "Sorry, what?" She went, "How's your pin pod? Your new pin pod?" I went, "No, Mum, it's called an iPad." <laughs> pin pod. But I pin pod. But I think it's such a brilliant name. I th I'm now refusing to refer to my iPad as the iPad. From now on, it's the pin pod. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Pin pod. Here, it's another revolution. It's two revolutions starting up, neither which will work. Uh, thank you very much to our cast and audience there. Over to Christian with a sting. As it occurs to me, the unscripted section of variable quality is over. And now it's time for the scripted section of variable quality to begin. Saturday. After the six music clack-a-lack-a-dack-dack debacle, I went down to Kensington Park to have, picnic, to have a picnic with my girlfriend. Yes, all the men in the audience, unlike you, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> Chega! And uh, sorry to the one woman in the audience, I have a girlfriend, bad luck. Uh, but uh, it was pretty romantic, thanks for asking. Later we were walking around the park and we passed a large pond and as always in such situations, I got an almost irresistible urge to push my girlfriend into the water. It happens to me all the time. I just think it would be tremendously funny to do this, mainly because it would be such an unfunny thing to do in reality. You know, she'd get all wet and cold and dirty. It would destroy the romantic mood we'd built up. She'd hate me for ages. Plus. It would be incredibly inconvenient for both of us as we'd have to go home so she could change. Mm. It would be so stupid and wrong on every level that it makes me want to do it. I think it'd be the funniest <laughs> thing ever. But this time I, got a, I took it a further stage and there were some little kids playing near the pond with their dad and I wondered what would have happened if I grabbed hold of the two-year-old boy and threw him as far as I could into the water. <laughs> If it was wrong and thus funny to push my girlfriend into the pond, then imagine how wrong and thus even more funny it would be to toss a small child into the water. Because people falling into water is funny. You can't argue. Just look at hole in the wall, brilliant, and you've been framed. If I was an edgier comedian slash a genuinely mentally ill person, I would have done it to see what would happen, but I didn't. I just walked on wishing I could, looking at the disgusting green algae in the pond and thinking how long it would take me to get it out of my girlfriend's matted, soaking wet hair. <laughs> Holding myself back, one day I'll do it. But if I could turn back time, thanks to AI Ottoman, I can turn back time. If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? Oh, 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 if I could turn back time. Oh, this has been such a lovely day, Richard. Picnic, sunshine, walking hand in hand. Yeah, you're the best boyfriend in the world. Yes, yes I am. You are. You are very lucky to be with me. <laughs> Oof! Whoa, what the? Oh! What, why did you do that? Look, I'm soaked! Because it's funny! <laughs> you're all wet. Our romantic day is ruined. <laughs> Comedy's all about surprise. There can be nothing more unexpected than this pointless and self-defeating act. It's funny because it's inconvenienced me as well. well. Well, it's inconvenienced me more. Arguably, but it's still... You can't argue that it's funny. It's very it's funny. It's not funny. Well, the thing is, humour is subjective, darling. I think it's funny. I'm laughing. And looking around, some of the people around the pond here... 
also seem to think it's amusing. Well, most of them just look a bit bemused and frightened. No, no. Look at this two-year-old child. He thinks it's hilarious, oh, don't you? Ha, 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 lady went. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It is, yeah, that's good. It is funny on that level, two-year-old boy, but I don't think you're getting quite how sophisticated this joke is. Also, you have to understand the fact that I've needlessly ruined both of our days, probably our relationship as well, just for this. It's more than just the lady being wet. Yeah, lady wet. No, well, you don't. Well, if you like that, you are going to love this. He went quite a long way, didn't he? <laughs> oh, right, you're crying. It was funny when it happened to someone else, wasn't it? But now it's suddenly not as amusing. You are such a hypocrite, two-year-old stranger. You're a total fucking hypocrite. What are you doing? That kid's dad will kill you. See, I don't think he will. I've taken a gamble. I've calculated that any dad worth his salt will be more concerned about rescuing a child from the water rather than administrating just, administering justice in the form of a beating. Look, there he goes. He's paddling out. Uh, I have to admit that uh, while some people found you falling into the pond vaguely amusing, pretty much no one enjoyed me bodily throwing a child into the water. Though, ironically, if I'd done the same on Britain's Got Talent, I'd have won a hundred grand. So... I, I don't think I want to go out with you anymore. What? Come on, what's wrong? Don't you have a sense of humour? It's so unexpected, you've got to find that funny. I don't think I want to go out with you if you don't get my hilarious jokes. Excuse me, sir. Hello, officer. Can I help you? I think you'd better accompany me to the station. Oh, God, why is there, what's, everyone lost their sense of humour? It's a little boy in the war. What's, God, has the world gone mad? <laughs> if I could turn back time, what would I do differently? Small child as far as I could into a pond Lose my girlfriend and get sent to prison And put on a register If I could turn back time I think maybe it's good that we can't reverse time. Every time I think about doing it, it seems to turn out worse. Uh, anyway, uh, over to Christian Riley for one of his songs. Give him a round of applause. Uh, yeah, this is why we're going to do a country and western song. Uh, it's about the Lone Star State, uh, Israel. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was out of town, so I couldn't go to the old demonstration on Saturday about the, the old blockade. Uh, so uh, here we go. I've written a love song. It's from Israel to whoever's in the White House. Your phone calls always make me smile, baby. With your gentle reprimands. It makes no difference how bad I've been. I know you'll always understand. Sit here in the Middle East Counting the warheads you've supplied Telling everyone I just want peace I'm in a terrorist state of mind I thought I saw Noam Chomsky on TV Criticizing you and me But it turned out I had fallen asleep it was just a silly dream Oh, how I love you for controlling the debate And keeping dissenters marginalized Your UN vetoes and your military aid Keep me safe and warm at night Your own citizens and world opinion 
may turn against you and I, but we'll shoot them till they get it straight. We're in a terrorist state of mind. Thanks for all the bullets, babe. We're in a terrorist state of mind. Christian Riley, Andrew. Christian Riley. I think uh, Israel and Palestine should be solved in the way my mum used to solve things. I think one of them should uh, draw the border, the other one gets to choose which half they want. So, um... <laughs> that's all the sketches done. Uh, only some form of uh, reincorporation of one of the previous items to go now to end the show. Uh, maybe Betty White will come on and fail to die, or Gareth and Three Mobile will come on murder me, or maybe from Gareth and Three Mobile will come to murder me, but I'll be saved when Betty White disguises herself as me and he tries to kill her by mistake, but she can't die. The possibilities are literally three. <laughs> Try and have a guess, bet which one you think it will be. But before that happens, just a reminder that this show depends on the wonderful people who pay to see it live. If you want to encourage me to do more, because frankly I'll happily stop now, then do come down. We're at uh, the Leicester Square Theatre for the next two weeks, then at the Bloomsbury on the 28th of June and the 5th of July, and Edinburgh Assembly Rooms on the 17th of August. Don't forget, it's even better live, isn't it, folks? Yeah. Phew, that was a risk. So, uh, you can... Um, you can help other nerds identify you as well by buying one of our many AI Ottoma t-shirts from the snappily named website www.mysoti.com slash mysoti, M-Y-S-O-T-I, slash designer, slash AI Ottoma, A-I-O-T-M, slash products, slash all. Sure you've remembered that. They uh, take... They take about five weeks to arrive once you've ordered them. I make about 5p a t-shirt. But apart from that, they're ace. So uh, let's just wait now here for Betty White and or Gareth to show up for the inevitable end. Should be any minute now, just can't, you know, can't run your clock by them. They just could turn up. Hello, oh. it's me, Gareth, from 3Mobile. Aside, not really. I am... I am tiny Andrew Collins. And I am Betty White. Aside, no, I'm not. I'm tiny, Mrs. Collins. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and the babies. Um, oh, I don't know. The baby's the little boy you wanted to throw into the pond. Oh, well done, Andrew. I mean, Gareth. Nice call. Seriously, but... stop it. Why don't you just fuck off? I hate all three of you. I've had enough. Oh, so you saw through our clever subterfuge? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. It's us, tiny Andrew yeah, no. Collins, tiny Mrs. Andrew Collins, and tiny, tiny Andrew Collins. Leave me alone! Why do you keep I don't up? want to leave you alone. You may not be the father of my child, but we still made sweet, sweet love last week. And you are my boyfriend. Stop it! I'm in enough trouble with the real Andrew Collins already for this. For saying you had sex with his mum? Yeah, I wish... I wish I'd never said that or done it. It's been awkward in real life. Oh. Oh, Richard, my poor fool, don't you understand? Don't you even understand your own scripts? Not always. I am very tired when I write them. No, as I keep telling you, I, Tiny Andrew Collins, am not the real Andrew Collins. I am a character that you created. I know all that, yeah. Without you, I wouldn't be here. So, who do you think my mother, Tiny Mrs Collins, really is? Is it Emma Kennedy putting on a voice which inexplicably keeps on veering between being Cartman from South Park and her? <laughs> No, 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 I might sound like that. No, no. <laughs> Richard, look, under this tiny Mrs. Collins mask, 
It's my goodness, it's my face. He's got, she's got my face, it's me. Yes, it is. That is who I am. That is me. Tiny Mrs. Collins is me. It's like the kind of rubbish idea that appears clever, but is actually just pathetic that Patrick McGowan would come up with. That's interesting, Rich, because look, under this Richard Herring mask. It's Patrick McGowan. I am not a number, I am a free man. Original prisoner was best. Most of you were too young to even know who I am. So, tiny Mrs. Collins is actually Patrick McGowan wearing a Richard Herring mask under a tiny Mrs. Collins mask. Not quite, Richard, because under this mask... It's me again. Yes, it's you. I mean me. We are the same person. So, I am tiny Andrew Collins. Don't, don't you see, Richard? You created me. Conjured me up from nowhere. You and I are my mother. Yes, I am. Shut up, Richard Herring, too. It's confusing if you speak, as for the people at home, as there's no way to differentiate you from me. Sorry. So. This is me, Rich One. Last week, I didn't have sex with Andrew's mum. No, no, of course not. The person you fucked last week was yourself. Wearing a Patrick McGowan mask, under a mask of your own face, under a tiny Mrs. Collins mask. You fucked yourself, Richard. So real, Andrew, doesn't have to be cross anymore, because although I thought I'd fucked his mum, I was actually just fucking myself. If anyone should be offended by all this, it's me. Uh, I've been fucking myself in a huge, self-indulgent, masturbatory fantasy. That is right. Oh, that would make quite a good one-star review on iTunes, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, but it's really, no, it's really clever, Rich. You know, you are a genius. You're like Samuel Beckett. Aside, the one from Quantum Leap. <laughs> I really hope that Sam Beckett from Quantum Leap doesn't choose this exact minute to leap back into my body. It's going to be quite confusing to explain what's been going on. It's all very interesting, that yeah. plot idea that you've explained to me, Tiny Andrew, but there's just a few loose ends that I don't quite understand. How can I be in two places at once? How was I able to have sex with myself? And is Tiny Tiny Andrew Collins actually my baby? And if so, how did I produce him without having a womb? And why have we done all this in episode four, when it seems much more like a series finale kind of thing to reveal? All good questions, Rich, but... Oh, look, we're out of time. Oh, no, the, the next podcast is about to come on. We don't, we don't have a time limit. Shush, shush, shush. Anyway, no, you know, that still ties up the loose ends more satisfyingly than the last episode of Lost. Now, <laughs> Richard too. put on your Patrick McGowan mask. Okay. And your Richard Herring mask. And your tiny Mrs. Collings mask. And let's get back to normal. Oh, that's better. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But remember, folks, whatever disgusting and awful things happen to tiny Mrs. Collins in future weeks, they are happening to Richard Herring. <laughs> which, no, 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 which I believe gives us carte blanche to do anything we fucking well like. Yep. Yeah, we've extricated ourselves from a tricky situation there. Aside, not really. <laughs> It's, uh, it's actually really Andrew's real mum all along, really. Hey, Nothing. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. As it occurs to me, it was written and performed by Richard Herring with Dan Tetzel and me, TV's Emma Kennedy. Christian Riley did all the musical bits and produced by Ben Walker. The thanks to David Caldwell, Kelly Enfield, Alice Russell, Rob Tesbier and everyone at the Lessons
Richie Banks, the Orange Mark, and the British Comedy Guy. This is an Avalon Sky Potato, Scooch, or Frizz, or Jizz, or whatever the fuck Ben Walker's production company is called.